hey guys, uh, it's game of the year time, and we got to resurrect this old husk of a dead Sasquatch and shove some new content into it. Are we that weeping Sasquatch at the end of uh, Undead Nightmare where he's just like, I'm the only one left. Just kill me. <laughs> Look, I, I put this on my resume, so we have to use it every so <laughs> just often. Just goatee. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, yeah, I write a blog site with uh, some... <laughs> I'm an avid blogger. Yeah. Um, you know, We covered Gamergate. I, 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 I think it's kind the, of a transmedia term now empire. is influencer. We're, we're, we're influencers. Micro or macro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. we're, nano. we're the most of micro. <laughs> we're nano you know, we are mere content creators no longer. I feel like the most blogger <laughs> thing to do influencer. is to only have your blog updated once a year. So I think we're doing all right on that regard. <laughs> That's true. I that's, mean, that's Web 1.0 as it gets. Technically, we're based out of Portland, so that's um, that's pretty appropriate. That is the model. <laughs> I regret there. that we never had an under construction GIF on our web page. We could. It's not too late. Still time. So, Nick, folks, uh, folks, this is the Silicon Sasquatch podcast. Uh, it is uh, Sunday, December 9th here in the U.S. Monday, December 10th out in. Australia and Japan, where our, some of our folks are at, and it is Game of the Year 2018 season. This is our tenth year of doing this, so uh, we made it to the double digits. I don't know how, uh, kind of weird, but hey, we're here. We're doing it. We're talking about video games because that's the service we render to the public that they so desperately need, and they pay for uh, the of being back on our bullshit because there's such a dearth <laughs> of white guys talking about video games. This is the yeah, only we saw podcast niche... for white guys. Five Look, white guys. Extremely underrepresented voice in gaming right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, this podcast increasingly feels like completely uh, out of touch with what people actually need. But uh, I don't know. You guys are cool. We'll figure it out. We'll try to be like less terrible people. Um, and part of how we can do that is by recognizing some really cool games from some really cool creators and trying to talk a little bit about, you know, what they contributed this year. Uh, but before we get ahead of ourselves, I want to introduce everybody that's here. Joining me from Portland, Oregon, we have Aaron Thayer. Hey, everybody. Up in Seattle, Washington, we have the guy with the really cool gamer headset, Spencer Tordoff. Is this thing on? <laughs> it's on. Okay, good. Over in Japan... Waking up very early to do this, very graciously, is our man Doug Bonham. And thankfully, I can burn vacation days for this as well. <laughs> That's dedication. Oh, my name's Doug. I can take a vacation. And finally, having recently relocated, relocated that's a tough word, down to Australia, we have Tyler Martin. Good day. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> He's already, already integrated. It's great. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. There's... No, I'm. This is Stop. a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to do a public service. Only our family here. listens to it. That is true. <laughs> it, that is true. You cannot dispute. Hi, that. mom. Uh, yeah. So we have we have three things we're going to do today. Uh, as you might expect, we're going to name a top ten list of games of the year for 2018. But before we get to that, we got a couple other things we're going to do. The other thing is. As you know, we do these category awards where we nominate games and recognize them for specific achievements of, like, I don't know, whatever sounds fun to debate, basically. We're really just here for a good good scrap, good fight. Uh, and the new thing we're going to do at the top of this is, uh, well, in honor of our 10-year anniversary, we're going to go back to every previous Game of the Year list we put together, all our top 10s, and uh, air some dirty laundry, I think, to put it politely. Does that sound See, right? 
It's the equivalent of looking at your high school yearbooks and just like, oh, I was such a fucking tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a pretty humiliating experience for some of us, myself included. But, uh, you know, like they say, catharsis only comes from uh, it. talking through mm-hmm. bad choices you made with your entertainment yes. budget. Anyway. It's going to be the equivalent of going back into that box of CDs you still have in the closet and going, oh, God, I remember when I bought this in high school. I bought Spice World? Yes, you did. <laughs> the first album I bought with my own money was Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory, and I regret nothing. <laughs> I bought Tragic Kingdom, so I'm still I'm still. Kidding. That's pretty good. You peaked early, Tyler. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to so go no doubt. Exactly. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, we are... Uh, the, t- the clock is ticking, and we've got some opinions to share. So uh, if, if y'all are ready, I think we can probably jump into this uh, relitigation of our prior top tens. Does it sound good? Sounds great. I'm ready. Yeah, let's, let's do it to it. I have my notes. All right. Clock is going. Let's do this. Our first year of doing Game of the Year was 2009. We had just about made it to our one-year birthday as a site. And uh, we came up with a top ten list that included a number one that we all agreed was the best game of the year. I wonder if that's still the case. Um, let's see. That top ten list for 2009 was from top ten to one. We had Left 4 Dead 2 at number ten, Flower at nine, Forza Motorsport 3 at eight, New Super Mario Brothers Wii at seven, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories at six. Who remembers that? <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies at five, Dragon Age Origins at four, The Beatles Rock Band at three, Uncharted 2 Among Thieves at two, and number one was Batman Arkham Asylum. This How do we feel about this? Maybe the least offensive of our previous years. Some really? stuff in the middle I might take out. Like I, I would get rid of GTA LCS. I would probably get rid of Plants vs Zombies. Of the uh, the notes that we've made um, in here, I think we should have recognized Brutal Legend. That game really did not deserve the bad rap it got. I don't and... think New Super Mario Bros. Wii deserves to be on the list. I, I'd agree. I think we missed yeah, out fair. on Demon's Souls. We did oh, yeah. totally miss the boat on Demon's Souls. Yeah, we... I'm, I'm told Demon's Souls is the Dark Souls of <laughs> Dark Souls. <laughs> the real Dark Souls begins in Demon's no, Souls. No, you're right. Yeah, that tracks. Not wrong. And a real missed opportunity not to have 50 Cent at number 10, just as like, come on. I mean, yeah. I had more fun with 50 Cent on the sand than half the games on this hey, list. Hey, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Bitch cool took with... my skull. Bitch took my skull. I do think that... Arkham Asylum, I think, especially given the context of its successors, is pretty unimpeachable. Like, it had a huge impact at the time. And I think of all those games, it still holds up the best Because we just the Rock City. We just want to relitigate our number one, right, for each year? Yeah. yeah, and talk about some stuff that maybe should have been on there and some stuff that maybe was overrated. But we're only really trying to pick a new number one. I, think. I would agree to see with... if the number one would stick. Right. I'd agree yep. with Tyler, then. I think Arkham Asylum still can take the top spot that's my opinion but i'd be happy to hear arguments otherwise so one other one other title that's on our list of other games of 2009 that did not make this top 10 list uh one that i think would have a major impact and could possibly be top three would be street fighter 4 and that's if only because that thing took two hot paddles and resuscitated the fighting game community in a way that 
now we're seeing so much more coverage of Evo and major events, and that has to do with Street Fighter Four coming in and getting things started again. I think that Street Fighter mm-hmm. Four is as important as fighting games, just about as Street Fighter Two, um, for that reason. Like it was the necessary resuscitation that probably, frankly, led to the green lighting of Mortal Kombat Nine, and uh, you know, Arc going completely bonkers from there on out, and all these other fighting game companies. It's Arc. I think that's should be on running though, or did it not really hit its stride until? Super- was that the one that had the DLC controversy? When it no. first came out, no, I feel like there they was all no had. DLC. They, that was they five. did the old model of like we're just going to release a brand new game that just has like a few extra characters and some mm-hmm. patches and. Updates. I mean, of yeah. course, yeah, we're not. Of course, we're not here to talk this, about uh, Street Fighter Five. <laughs> yeah, and and looking at this now, we're looking at a game from two thousand nine with nine ten years of being able to look at what did shape and what would shape the industry from there. And I think from there you can say, yeah, Street Fighter 4 and Demon's Souls are omissions based on what would come later. Yeah, it's probably fair that Street Fighter 4 hit a bigger stride later, but people were saying, like, fighting games are dead. And then Street Mm -hmm. Fighter 4 came out. And then Ark went full anime. It is interesting looking at this list and seeing the trajectory of some of these devs, because who would have thought that Uncharted... Like, I... No, we were excited for where Naughty Dog was going with two, but like I didn't think they would have the extreme upward trajectory that they did after Uncharted two. Like three was kind of all right, but then we got Last of Us, we got Uncharted uh, four, we got Lost Legacy. Two was really and, the uh, game that put them in the critical pedigree, right? Like people liked their games before, but Uncharted two, I just remember at the time being such a critical darling. That's the one that made them a real game of the year contender, I think. You know, you yeah, get, there were some that, people who we loved mentioned them in the same breath as like Insomniac and Sucker Punch. They were just another one of like the Sony uh, platform guys. Yeah, but now they're like another Valve. Well, not that's a loaded comparison. <laughs> but in terms of the caliber of game they used to put out, you know, like a Blizzard, you would talk about them. Even... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really uh... at this point you say like developed by Naughty Dog, people are going to immediately take notice. Yeah, they weren't well, quite. I mean, that's from like ex Naughty Dog developers or something. They weren't quite yeah. the prestige Sony developer at that point, even though the games that they'd put out were really good. People I liked wanted... Uncharted One, but not. It didn't hold a candle to what Uncharted Two became. No, it had a good story, but it just didn't quite have the complete package that impressed people and shaped triple uh, A bombastic action games like Two did. And I think uh, this was just before like peak Nolan North years, where he was just in everything. Before he played himself in Saints Row Four, <laughs> let's let's not lose sight of the main thing here. Like I I agree with everybody who's been saying like Batman Arkham Asylum would not be toppled, and even with these like there are some clear omissions that we have here, but Arkham Asylum basically made a genre, like or at yeah, least studio. modernized a genre in such a way that it is now it's a thing. Like it is. Yeah a style of game so i think yeah i mean we were right on the mark there and it yeah it's still solid like yeah, I, I mean, the rest of the series a, did not grip me but i wouldn't say invented a genre because it's basically third person metroid prime yeah the combat like, system was aped a lot yes after the, that. The, the combat system was certainly okay. uh, stolen by multiple different developers everybody but. basically everybody <laughs> looked over their shoulder for the notes on that one yeah Which, but i would say that you know it really established the trajectory for what blockbuster games are going to be for the next 10 years for the most part. And I honestly, I don't think it's been surpassed until this year in its own model, even by subsequent Batman games. Yeah. The only thing I would note too is, isn't it kind of funny that 
this game is the the game that said uh, pretty loudly that you can make a decent superhero title, but I feel like there haven't been any other Batman Arkham level superhero games since then. Unless I'm just not, I'm totally misremembering, but it was like kind of... There is one that might come in contention today. Yeah. I mean, Middle Earth tried to do this thing, right? And that didn't quite so get there. Fine. So, true. So maybe up until possibly Middle today, Earth had its, 10 years later, uh, there's another game that could They equal. had their own hook, though. Yeah, they had the Nemesis system, but then it was pretty much just that, plus Batman. Yeah. Arkham City style. I mean, there's that's a bit of a reductive approach, I admit. But, like, it, you could, I think it is fair to say that it was heavily inspired. Uh, there's one last game I want to mention here that I think really... Uh, kind of also helped revitalize and launch a genre specifically in the U.S. And uh, that's 999, Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors. This is that visual novel gateway drug that I found that sucked me into all the Spike Chunsoft stuff and all the, like, basically all kinds of visual novels and frankly probably led to me wanting to make one of my own. And uh, it's still arguably the best in the series. I, I might give the sequel a little bit higher marks, but... It's just it it really demonstrated what interactive narrative could be with a really heavy novel focus, and that's a game that I've just everyone I know who's latched onto it just remembers it vividly and thinks about it often. And I, yeah, it would be cool if we had honored a visual novel like that. We did eventually give Danganronpa three its dues, but not everybody mm-hmm. played it. But everybody who played it went on to create their own, just like the Velvet Underground. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you're listening a long I, way since uh, play. Tyler scoffing at Final Fantasy IV, because like I don't want to read in my games. <laughs> All right, we probably so got to move on to the next like year, but especially but because please play Escape from Juggalo Mountain if you're listening to this, because <laughs> that is the direct result of uh, 999. Yeah, nobody nominated kinda Juggalo is. Mountain for Game of the Year this year. That's kind of rude. I feel like that would have us. to be redacted. Conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I am absolving myself of this conversation. You all can do what you want. <laughs> Um, I, I do think we should probably just note, though, to reinforce, like, New Super Mario Brothers Wii and GTA Liberty City stories, I think LCS really seemed like it was going to indicate, like, a big sea change in how DLC was handled, but I think we're actually seeing the death of that kind of, you know, single-player campaign expansion self-contained narrative thing. I mean, you had Lost Legacy, which I think is excellent and bigger than something like this, but I just don't think it was all that good, even as GTA goes. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I really enjoyed the like the chances that Rockstar took with their storytelling in terms of the Lost and Damned and the Ballad of Gay Tony. Uh, I think we're still seeing a very like marginal increase in Rockstar's storytelling over the years. Ten years later, which is unfortunate because I really had hoped with those games that it was like, oh, maybe Rockstar will be more amenable to trying new things and to taking risks with their storytelling. Maybe choosing some protagonists of color or people of uh, non-cis-gendered uh, or non-heteronormative. Uh, yeah, but no, we're still pretty much just getting the same old... Narrative, like, narrator voice, games. they did not. We'll save the rock star conversations uh, in earnest for later. And, next, but, and yeah. the next year that's, that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And, so yeah, speaking of which, yeah. let's, let's, let's move on to 2010. Good old 2010, which I remember, and this is probably saying a lot about my nerdiness, I remember this debate vividly. Uh, we had a very contentious top three, but I'll read from top from 10 down to one. In 2010, number 10 was NBA 2K11. Number nine was Heavy Rain, David Cage Ugh. presents. Number eight was Halo Reach. Number seven was Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. 
Oh, we forgot to mention Assassin's Creed 2, 2009. Whoops. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> this, still the best game in that series. Uh, number six in 2010 was StarCraft 2 Wings of Liberty. Number five oh. was Civilization 5. Can't take Nick the task for that last statement. Oof. It, one of the best was Assassin's Creed 2. The first great um, Assassin's Creed. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, number four was Super Meat Boy. Number three, and we're in the top three now, was Mass Effect 2. Number two was Minecraft. And number one, with a bullet, was Red Dead Redemption. Aha, <laughs> with so, a bullet. I see what you did there. So for yeah, those Cowboys. for those who don't remember or for those who are not on, on the staff, the num- the top three wound up being about a two-hour horse trade because mm-hmm. there were a few of us that wanted Mass Effect 2 to win. There were a few of us that wanted Red Dead to win. And then we had Nick insisting that Minecraft was number one. <laughs> and then th- 2010, this, aka the Great Salt Lake. This is also <laughs> the point where I point you to 2018 Notch's tweets and say this is why we should not have Minecraft number two. Look, look. Let me just say about Minecraft because I know it's not going to get put into the number well, one. We spot. couldn't like, have it known. Still deserves. We couldn't have known what was going to happen. All right? I want to say is that Notch is legitimately like a menace. Like he is. He has tons of young followers, and he posts some really, really heinous, deplorable shit. And uh, I am, I am freaked out by his uh, power, and I regret everything I ever did to possibly enable him, even ten years ago when I first heard about Minecraft. Uh, that being said, it's a pretty influential game that was really good. And when, when I look back in hindsight, I regret the bargain that I made to keep <laughs> Minecraft out of the top spot because. I feel like if we're looking at that trio and like what has aged the best and what has aged the worst, I would rather see Red Dead at number three and Minecraft at number one. I I think that good things came out of Minecraft's model, though. Like no, so many I, things. Yeah. As someone who this was before I started teaching, or at least since this is before I started teaching uh, full time. Yeah, at this point, I was still just an assistant teacher. And since then, like, I have seen the effect that Minecraft has, especially on children. And I cannot deny, despite Notch being just a garbage human being, (laughs) the amazing effect that Minecraft has had on the industry and the creativity of children. Like, it truly is the fucking Legos of the modern age. Even though Legos still exist, they are... (laughs) They are digital Legos. They're a movie now. And, yeah. And, yeah, I think that even though Minecraft was technically not finished at the time. Yeah, talk about talk about <laughs> uh, ushering in other things as well. It was not finished. It was in alpha state at this point. Not even beta. That was pretty much. Minecraft was not the first game to do that. But, no. I no, I'm honestly, I'm with, um, and not to totally, you know, cut Doug off, but I'm also super cutting Doug off. Uh, I am <laughs> honestly with Tyler and Nick on this one. Like, not to say anything for Notch, because he is a terrible person, but separating the art from the artist, Minecraft is an insanely influential game. Like, on the youth, on the style of release, on the style of um, just gameplay going forward, like, consider the sheer impact of Fortnite. Fortnite is a garbage shooter. It is terrible. It is an absolutely <laughs> god-awful shooter, but because it has the construction element to it, which it basically ate from Minecraft... Which is also a garbage shooter. Yeah. Uh, then there you go. So, uh, 
No, it, like I, I think not having it at number one spot, at least in terms of sheer influence, is a mistake. And for as terrible as Notch is, and again, he is just you know he um he got he got a bunch of money and suddenly got the mindset to match. Uh, he uh, like Microsoft's stewardship of Minecraft has been actually pretty impressive. So and having tried Red Dead <clears throat> on the like Xbox One uh, backwards compatibility, which makes it look a little bit nicer, but it's still just very much that GTA model in terms of gameplay and storytelling. And yeah, I think that that game is just real, real overrated. I think it was to date at that point, the second best rockstar game ever made the first being bully. Yeah. Um, I the only ran thing that course. If anybody yeah. wants to hear about a good deconstruction of red dead and, and thoughts of, what people thought then and what people think now and taking a look at the game again uh waypoint from vice did a very good podcast uh yeah where they take a look and play through that game again and yeah I was, did things we forgot about red dead redemption you play both sides of I, Civil I remember War. i remembered mexico being awful from a gameplay gameplay standpoint because it just took so long and it was just so action heavy i didn't remember mexico being awful just from a pure narrative and problematic white savior standpoint i was like oh that, that makes it so much worse now yeah yeah it was already bad it's not a, and now it's it's bad trash. it turns out it was also racist yeah um i feel like and this is you know my you know this is me um starcraft should have been further up I that disagree. game <laughs> it revitalized rts it is still an influential game to this play it uh, to this day, it still has numbers. What's like, another RTS that people play? Halo that's Wars. A, yeah, I was going to say, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> well, you said revitalize, so I'm kind of, I'm just curious how you kind of saw that art, the playing out. The pro scene. Uh, I, guess, I guess I meant it more as the, yeah, this pro scene. Um, okay. Which is a thing. So, yeah, StarCraft Mass has Effect. aged shockingly well. Mass Effect 2, let's definitely talk about that. That bums me out. Real it's, quick, Nick, it, let's start. If you told me then that, like, what's our time that's check on like this? the slow decline of okay. Bioware. God, it super is, though. We got, like, oh. three minutes for this one. Um, Rest in peace, so, Bioware. Get, get Heavy Rain the fuck out of there. Yeah, fuck yeah, David Cage. Fuck I'm sorry. So I don't mind. I think Minecraft, the argument could be made for that. But then I feel like just on future influence and looking back retrospectively, I don't feel like that should be our only metric. Because then what should we have given Fortnite Game of the Year last year? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's just, a good point. I don't like that. I don't feel good about that. And I'm not even doing this separating the artists from the art sort and, of thing. Well, and I, that's I why would say Mass Minecraft aged the best. Game of 2010. Yeah. Eh, the whole point right. of this is to reflect on our decisions in a modern context. Like, yeah. for us to just, like, re-examine this purely from the perspective of 2010, like, that's just literally doing that podcast again. That's pointless. I want to throw this it. is a chance for us to look at like, oh, these are the decisions we made. Here's what we would have done now. I think we did a pretty yeah. good job of choosing ten games that, okay, nine games at least that match that list. There's a few that we, we haven't discussed. What also came out that year that is not on the list, and there's some heavy hitters here. Bayonetta oh, yeah. was a good ass game with also some problematic elements. Well, um, I, which I one? The fact that Band she's a nude like hair lady, or? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She's uh, Dante with uh, hair suit. She's in Smash. Everyone is Dante, here. but extremely that developer's thing. 
Um, Rock Band 3 had some real staying power, at least at, you know, nerd parties. So I still play Rock Band 3 on a monthly basis. Uh, I feel uh, like we, Beatles Rock Band was the peak of that franchise and that development. It was the peak of I think creatively best. it was. I don't think that in terms of party game perfection, it was the best. I mean, the, no, I mean Beatles the, was fine if you wanted to play some Beatles songs. Yeah. 3 was just a really good party game. Keyboard. Drop in, drop out support was so good. The keyboard was Pro excellent. drums. Yeah. 4 was... that we never got that rumored Queen rock band oh, that would have been fucking wild um we got like 30 queen songs though so you know <laughs> and it was basically just a copy of three that we play because now the whole library is on there but it doesn't have keys so yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that deserved I to be up animated further. freddie mercury then. i, I mean, would say that rock doesn't? band 2 was probably the more influential if we're going to really split hairs here rock band 2 was the perfection of that okay. model three was just an expansion which i for hardcore fans was wonderful and it is still the best game in that series but and then four is just how do we get this shit on modern consoles yep. which mm-hmm. i appreciate them doing but man like it was <laughs> still bare bones like three years later and also um, god like how how did they try to do that yearly that's really what killed rhythm games know. was trying to sell I'm a whole fucking set i'm just gonna do a drive-by like... before we finish 2010 yeah. Uh, yeah doug can you tell me anything notable about nba 2k11 <laughs> yeah that <laughs> i pushed for this um, one too actually that was the year they finally started doing a like a story focus mode or a career retrospective mode and that had uh, michael jordan in there and now every have... sports game does that yeah. i'm only surprised that had we're cloud gonna... support what's that was that was that the one and i'm asking doug here the the nba that had uh, cloud support, or at least started to. Um, not sure. I guess it would be 2K12. <laughs> what? Bas- basically, I, I helped um, identify a uh, bug that occurred once their server shut down, and then the Wii U would throw a storage availability error because it was reading the cloud saves as a storage device. But anyway. <laughs> Shall we you know that Simpsons I was going to say, I'm surprised we're just letting Heavy Rain sit there without taking that down for talking no, about we, we, No, we, we already all agreed. agreed. Heavy Rain, get the fuck out of there. Get the fuck out. We forced every character to die in Heavy Rain. End of story. That's the canonical ending. Jason. Boom. <laughs> Jason. I noted down. Uh, I do get think Heavy we... Rain the fuck out, so we're good. Yeah. I also think, you know, Limbo isn't on here. I don't I don't know that it needs to be, but there are games I think that Limbo is better than on this list. So Limbo came out the, that year. The Pac-Man Championship Edition DX was pretty influential in the like retro revival and little bit so are we chiseling one into the tablet to replace isn't that kind of the goal i think it was just the number one we're really yeah focused on did we agree on minecraft then uh well i wanted to throw one last argument into this or another wrench into this which is that i don't know that i can separate the art from the artist knowing what i know about notch now like we didn't all know Woody Allen was who he was when he made a bunch of his best movies, but now we do. Louis C.K. You know, he gets a huge yeah. pass on that, though. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. And I don't know that I... Despite the fact that, as far as I know, Notch completely divested himself of Minecraft when he sold to Microsoft. He has no say in it, no money from it. He still has the notoriety and fame from it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I'm wishy-washy about this because I hate R. Kelly, but I still sing... <laughs> R. Kelly at karaoke. And you sing the I mean, English is a good song, songs. but <laughs> but like R. Kelly is also not someone I want to give my money to or support to. So that's a struggle for me. And also, to be fair, if we're looking at this in a modern context, granted we are looking backwards, but Notch is removed from Minecraft now. It's not like he's still making money. Like that deal is already yeah. coming gone. Like giving money to Minecraft now 
does not give Notch additional money. It just gives I think a massive it's, corporation money. But we reward yeah, it. Yeah, Microsoft is oddly among the. We're talking video bad. games. No matter what, you're giving yeah, a massive there, there corporation you go. money here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and, and throw this argument out there for the whole Notch debate. Um, does anyone here or have has anyone here ever owned a Volkswagen? Yes. No. Oops. That's Hitler's yeah. greatest legacy right there. <laughs> yeah, so, no. I mean, <laughs> the, some of these things are impossible to escape. I think Minecraft in the hands of Microsoft is not a net negative for the world, though it is damn close because Jesus Christ, Notch. Yeah. I think we found um, a new quote for Spencer's resume. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, 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 I did just immediately Godwin myself, objective. but nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, time to Godwin on this podcast is extremely low. Uh, <laughs> I guess what I will say is, if Notch still owned Minecraft, then we would absolutely have to banish it from this list. Yeah. Um, but I think that he got out a long time ago, and what it has done for kids and teachers and games is remarkable. I think it probably is the number one game in, uh, in terms of both what it meant in that year and what it means now. Yeah. Mass Effect 2 is a close second. Oh, Mass Effect 2 is so good. The, good. the good that Minecraft has done outweighs the negativity of Notch's tweets. Mm-hmm. I'll mm. agree with that. Yep. All right. <laughs> so we move Should forward. we move on? Yep. Yep. Yes, 2011. So yeah, yeah to the actual <laughs> salt pillars here. <laughs> Should we have the next great. hour? Yeah, twenty. We'll get through this fast. Twenty eleven. Our top ten was number ten, Jamestown. Number nine, Dead Space Two. Number eight, Infamous Two. Number seven, Bulletstorm. Number six, Deus Ex: Human Revolution. Number five, Battlefield Three. Number four, Portal Two. Number three, Bastion. Number two, Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword. And number one, The Elder Scrolls Five: Skyrim. I hate this list so much. Get Skyrim the fuck out of there. How is this even a debate? Aaron, uh, there is an argument to be made for influence here. What do you think, guys? So, yeah. So we're going to completely ignore influence-wise or impact when we talk about Skyrim, because most of you hate it. I'm not prepared to uh, crucify Skyrim here. Okay. I'm not either. I, was just I played say, 50 or 60 hours of it. I, why it still <laughs> stands a chance, um, looking back now, what, almost eight years later. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It. <laughs> <laughs> so the things that we liked about it at the time, being Tyler and I, because we were the ones that mostly got it to the top, because um, we had played that and we enjoyed it. Um, I think what still sticks with me is the fact that the atmosphere, the world, everything about it is still a blank canvas in the way for that emergent narrative gameplay that a lot of open world games, um, that's become quite de rigueur. It's it's quite uh, common to have that in an open world game, but I think Skyrim did a fantastic job of actually, in that Bethesda way, except later on with Fallout 4 and of course all the shit going on with Fallout 76, they've done a horrible job of doing skyrim was the last kind of bethesda game that felt like you could do anything be anyone and uh have that world embrace you and the way you want to play it um i mean you can take this as a positive or a negative but to date despite spending like 100 hours in skyrim i've never finished the main quest line i think i when i did finish it i started to really hate the game it was a mistake. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, because this is the worst part. My world, because I never really enjoyed role playing as like the Dragonborn. I just liked being a fucking sneaky cat man. And 
being sneaky cat man in that world I thought was pretty dope. I just really yeah. enjoyed like lurking around, stabbing people in the back, sniping with arrows and shit. And the dragons were more of like a oh, kind of. And if you look at the whole the whole experience as a package too, I don't think we can discount the modding scene of a game like that too. That is giving it life long, long after. Oh yeah. So yeah, the best <laughs> mod, Randy Savage Dragons. Um, okay, the mod is the limit. If it was out Skyrim mods, then yeah, number one for sure. <laughs> so you can't separate I mean, that, the art from the modder, you know. I mean, the, given given the uh, oh, there was yeah. that moment of weirdness there, oh, though, where they they attempted to make a modding marketplace and charge for which was mods like what six seven years later. Like, oh right, yeah, that's not even not even it was like two years later. It was like maybe. Two years yeah, later, yeah. But but here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. Skyrim was not. Other than, you know, graphically, markedly different from Oblivion. It was like shouty Oblivion. Oblivion itself was not markedly (laughs) different from Morrowind. The Elder Scrolls as a series, I would say, bears more responsibility than Minecraft for making it okay to sell alpha software. Uh, (laughs) Like, I... That's that's that. I I, Speaking of uh, disguise, though, I would also push uh, Skyward Sword out of there. And I think Bastion would be a solid number one. No, I I admit Skyward Sword was a mistake. But that's after having <laughs> well, playing, you're braver than Nintendo for saying that. <laughs> after Breath of the Wild, then realizing, oh, you don't have to have but a middling. As far as Zelda Nintendo experience. goes this year, I think it's criminal that we did not get 3D Land on this list. Super I think Mario 3D right. Land should have been on this list, definitely. I think yeah. 3D Land might actually be my game of the year for 2011. I circled that, and, and even Portal should have been perhaps farther. And the up. fact that we don't even have Saints Row on the list at all or yeah. Dark Souls is gross negligence on our part. Raymond so Legends was really good as well. Jamestown had zero staying power. It's a very easy swap. Yeah, it was cool yeah. at the time, but it, it had zero influence, and I liked it. But I haven't gone back in eight years. Yeah. Saints Row the Third is uh, the one that nobody of none of us played in time, and everybody played later and went, "Oh, that's a mistake." So good. yeah, we goofed. Yeah, so good. Saints Row the Third, I think, is a top three game from 2011. Easily, Dead Space Two. Uh, not as good as one. Yeah, uh, in hindsight, it's 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 a good game. I like it, but not doesn't have the influence. Uh, Infamous two, I guess it's better than Infamous one. Uh, uh, I I don't know if I look back and think of it as a top ten game. Bulletstorm. Ooh. Bulletstorm, I'd keep. Yeah. And Bulletstorm, was, I would keep because yeah. it's like the only comedy FPS ever. So we the first I would two sho- shove it down a few spots. Yeah, that's fine. The first two years we talked a lot about current lens right so which of these games through a current lens actually still matter like do you still care about bullet storm infamous 2 bastion Bastion. matters uh i would say saints for the third matters dark souls matters i'm gonna throw a dark horse out there portal 2 matters from the standpoint that it pioneered cross-platform in an era that nobody was talking about it hmm and it was yeah. just a really well-made It was game. an extremely well-made game. Yeah. It was really, really good. The, the co-op works surprisingly well for a game that you like, how do you do fucking co-op portal? And then mm-hmm. they pulled it off. Even um, even shooter, more clever writing, too, than the first game, which is saying something. Even, oh, yeah. I think uh, Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution deserves at least a little bit of credit for uh, pushing the immersive sim mm. uh, into the modern age. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I was not going to... Bioshock was going the direction of grossly uh, simplifying it. We'll talk about that. uh, Human Revolution kind of like, oh, no, we can still maintain some of the choice, some of the complexity. Yeah. So I think think we probably ditch Dead Space 2, Jamestown, and Infamous, and Skyward Sword, and that gives us four spots. (laughs) 
uh, Battlefield 3, whatever. But I think Saints Row the Third, Dark Souls, uh, Mario 3D Land all need to be on that list. Mm-hmm. And probably Rayman Legends. Yeah, Rayman Legends was pretty influential. And good. Real good. Um, yeah, Gears 3 was on there. It was maybe worth discussing. I liked... I think that's maybe my favorite Gears game, but I also like, I can't really tell them apart anymore. So, whatever. Shouty man I, tried to find his wife. That was two. Coltrane coming. That's, that's all of them, one. isn't it? <laughs> I, I think of, of all the Gears games, the only one that truly deserves recognition is the first one. Yeah, Maybe two yeah. for Horde mode. I think the first but, game is really a landmark game. May I posit Gears of War 3 yeah. featuring Ice-T? No. He wasn't even that good. We, are, we already talked about how 50 Cent Blood in the Sand should have been credited <laughs> in a prior year. Like... 50 cent or ice tea in gears of war does not hold a candle should we have just made a category award for like best game with a rapper in it and then every yeah year. we could do that later <laughs> I, but for now the, we gotta hit a big ass ramp over to 2012 yeah so. we super do and besides yeah. like if run the jewels can't save gears 4 or marshawn lynch save a call of duty game then i don't know what to tell you like i don't think that we need to <laughs> yeah, care those games that can't be saved one of those if 2011 is our year of embarrassment i think 2012 is it's a pretty solid year be satisfying actually list. not terrible it's got some problems. We'll talk about them, but there's some really. They're all good games on here, I think so I feel good about are that. All like in the the latter half. Like, yeah, I agree with that. The, let's the get top. to it. Well, let's not spoil it, or rather, let's let's bring our listeners along here. Yes. So, mm-hmm. in 2012, our top 10 list was number 10, Nintendo Land. Number nine, Hero Academy. Save your reactions. Number eight <laughs> was Far Cry 3. Number seven was Max Payne 3. Number six was Borderlands 2. Number five was XCOM Enemy Unknown. This is the Firaxis uh, remake. Number four was Hotline Miami. Number three was FTL Faster Than Light. Number two was The Walking Dead Season 1. And number one was Journey. This list doesn't suck. What? This list does not suck. No, it's good. I think I would still like to play every game on this list. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not Borderlands 2. You want to play Nintendo Land? It's all right. Play Hero Academy? No, I don't want to play Hero Academy. Um, <laughs> what's not on this list, though, that I want to bring up now, just so we can have it in our minds, is Dishonored is not on here. Fez is not on here. Persona Four Golden is not on here, and uh, nobody's going to care about this. But Virtue's Last Reward, <laughs> the sequel to Nine Nine Nine, is not on here. But let's Fez talk about this first three. So a lot of Nick's favorite games from that year. Not so uh, I, I don't think you can move anything in the top three. Nope. I think nope. that is solid per- as a rock. Those are three of the best games I've played this decade. So. And even the top five, I think, is pretty much yeah. immovable. Like, Hotline Miami still holds up. The sequel was good, but nowhere near as impactful as the first one. Yeah, just uh, for... XCOM, like, they've tried to make uh, DLC and sequels for it. Well, not tried. They've been successful, but nothing uh, worked as well as that first uh revival i guess yeah i want to mention one thing about hotline miami which is that it kind of ushered in it made it safe for like kind of gonzo style bonkers games to come out and now we've seen so many games with just wild styles and mm-hmm. i'd argue even things like donut county inherit a bit from like the path that uh, hotline miami kind of cleared yeah yeah i kind of looking at borderlands 2 through the lens of like a world where destiny 2 exists now like i don't see a world with destiny 2 where borderlands did not first pioneer yeah. like that RPG like, shooter and more mainstream driven, like co-op shooter yeah I would say Borderlands deserves to be on the list I'd move it yeah. down uh, yeah, I would I'd, too. I'd bump Max Payne 3 up because that game mm-hmm. is just a masterpiece that is it's such really a good, good. Game. I don't think enough of, of Far us Cry finished 3 it has some... at the time I mean is is Max Payne 3 the best Rockstar game is no, it top really is, top 3 it's anyway close. 
It's top three, yeah, for sure. Uh, also, I've heard recently, and you know, with all the news about Red Dead 2's development cycle this year, uh, apparently Crunch on Max Payne three was nightmarish. Oh, so I believe it. That's something to keep in mind. But with how polished that game is, it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it apparently didn't sell that great, which is a shame because it's really, really it's good. Really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to replay it. I think Far Cry three should go because Far Cry two is the far more important and better game. And, and Far uh, Cry three was the first I'm, of the more contemporary. Far ones. Cry three has some so. problematic elements, especially in terms of its White storytelling. Savior. I mean, yeah, I think that it brought that Ubi model to the fold. Whether or not you think that's a good thing or a bad it's thing, definitely been but important. I think that it, it was certainly it influential. Took Far Cry two and made it playable. Yeah, Far yeah. Cry two. No I agree well, with that. It took Far That's Cry fair. 2 to the masses. It brought that model, but, and it, it merged in the um, the forts and the camp campsites that you go after. It, it brought that into the game as well, and it made that huge. And that's everything that Ubisoft's done ever since. When you, and that's yeah, it, that is every Ubi game. When you talk to people who love Far Cry 2, it's people who are like games journalists or developers or people who are really into the inside baseball of games. It's, it wasn't, I don't think, a critical hit, at least not compared to 3 and 4. And... So. It had some critical, you know, people who loved it, but generally it wasn't, a, certainly not a commercial success like 3. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I have mixed feelings on whether or not Far Cry 3's model has been a good or bad thing for the industry. Like, I think, I I enjoyed and played Blood Dragon and Far Cry 4, but, like, they felt very, like, kind of just masturbatorial entertainment. Like, I know what I'm getting. I, I'm not going to be surprised. I playing just a new do the checklist. Game. And, and I think there's room for that in the industry. Yeah. In the same way there's room in Hollywood for fucking Marvel. Sure. Like, I just I don't, don't know if it's valuable. Masterful storytelling. Mm. To me. It's not it's not as valuable to me. Yeah. I think if people like it, I'm not gonna begrudge them that because I love the Fast and Furious movies and those are not very valuable. What about masturbatory. More valuable than Marvel, <laughs> I would say, but that's just me. Okay. Uh I think we should axe Nintendo Land and Hero Academy because those have not been Yeah. They've not held yeah, up. That's a freebie. And Dishonored and Fez deserve uh, recognition. I agree. Absolutely. Fez, Fez is my game of the year. If Journey wasn't on there, um, actually, it might be like I mean, number four. <laughs> Hero I, Academy, I think, just it was notable at the time for being like the first uh, multiplayer uh, mobile game that I really got into. And Nintendo Land was just a a tech demo for the Wii U that, while very functional, was a tech demo for a garbage platform. Talk that talk. Hey, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was hey, not. It was a very poorly branded platform. I'm not yeah. willing to call the Wii U bad, but the fact that they managed to make people think that it was an add-on for the Wii just He's by virtue of bad branding. Let me posit this to you, Tyler. Would the Switch I, exist without the Wii U? Probably not, but I still regret buying the Wii U. <laughs> All right, that's that's fine. That's mostly because of region lockouts, so let's keep it funky. No, no, <laughs> even, even re- regarding that, like every time I... Uh, acquire a Wii U game for my Switch. I'm just like, yes, I'm one step closer, just fucking burying that motherfucker forever. Look, me, me just too. Give me Pikmin three <laughs> on my Switch, and I think I'm pretty much fucking done with the Wii U. Just gonna yeah, office right. space it in the backyard. All right, but just to circle back here, are we? Do you still think Journey's number one? I think there could be yes. an argument made for. I do. FTL or Walking Dead. Not I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna fight with it. Journey on is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. Yeah, so it's I'm not Journey. gonna go after it. That's. I'm and cool the fact that. that like they're they just announced the PC uh, port for the Epic uh, store, and I'm seeing people that didn't own a PS3 and a PS4 like PC players excited. Yeah, that's true. To play Journey six years later, uh, that, that speaks to the impact of that game. And oh yeah, how it's significant it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, 2012, Journey, you're a lock. Uh, I'd say that and Batman are probably the most solid 
uh, we've seen so far for yep. earning those yeah, honors. We're gonna have words about 2013. All right, I I'm gonna uh, while you're reading the list, run and grab more coffee. Uh, it will be like 30 seconds. So go for it. Uh, so. Next year was 2013, uh, a very auspicious year in my life. Um, let me tell you about that. No, uh, the top 10 list for 2013 was number 10, Gran Turismo 6. I said it funny for fun reasons. Number nine was Bioshock Infinite uh, from our friend Kenny L. Number eight was Rayman Legends. Number seven was Pokemon X and Y. Number quick, uh, quick correction there. We previously said Rayman Legends in 2011, that would have been Rayman Origins. Oh, yeah. Legends is way better, right? I mean, it's the better one, but it's just it's better. taking the ideas of Origins and then okay. going farther with it. Cool. So, correction, Origins is the one that we, we were talking about before. Thank you for that. Uh, number six was Device 6. Number five was Tearaway. Number four was the Stanley Parable. Number three was The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Number two is The Last of Us, and number one is Gone Home. Opening Tyler, you had some opinions here. He always has opinions. Uh, I, I do. <laughs> I mean, put that on my tombstone. <laughs> okay, uh, let's start Just kidding, with... I'm not getting any tombstone. Just what kidding, was Tearaway? Spencer, you're That's very quiet. That's kind again. of my... Ah, um, oh, damn it. So I think Tearaway, it's not in the top spot, but Tearaway, I think, is one of the only games on here. Maybe even Gran Turismo 6... Too, just because I think sport has now been a more impactful Gran Turismo that I just don't know if they've really aged well in the last few years. Oh, what? Tearaway was robbed. Eh. Oh my god, Aaron! Tearaway is one of the best How games in this generation. How dare you reopen this wound? Uh, I think Gran Turismo 6, Doug, you're the one who played it, yep. so you really have to talk about you're this. You're noticing but... a lot of sports games in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You're noticing a lot of my like <laughs> honorable mention here. Yeah. 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 No. Um. GT six, it reset a lot of things after they went big and bombastic in four, and then five, and it just didn't work in five. And they've met now perfected a lot of what they brought in with six, but by focusing down a lot more. So yeah, and and sport has a lot more of an online focus as well. That's very true. But six is still a really good game. I think I put two hundred hours into it over a year plus, and it was without any. In in a world where its competitors are paid DLC, GT6 never had anything that you had to pay for. Sport does the same as well now. Okay, but like, remember a couple years back, Forza 3 was on our list? Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty damn impactful racing game. Um, do you feel like is this GTA, is... Uh, is GT6 better than Forza 3? Yeah. Um... That's a no. I don't no, I don't think for the time, yes, for that year, yes, but for the longer run, four to three was one of the more influential ones, and I'd say um GT Sport now is just as influential. Cool. So should we go for the think, jugular and like is Gone Home still our number one? <laughs> I think it is for me. But, uh, but what other we, we games can leave off the list though? For- I think we get rid of Bioshock Infinite. I think that game was influential in a bad way. And, uh, I, think, yeah, I agree with that. Problematic story elements to it. I still have had a blast uh, playing through it. I still think it's a gorgeous world. It's yeah. extremely well designed. But yeah, there's certain like narrative elements that have certainly aged poorly, and it continued the trend of taking an immersive sim uh, archetype and like just watering it down and simplifying it to the point that it's just like 
literally an on-rails shooter. Yeah, especially when you compare that, like, uh, Dishonored came out in 2012 and then Bioshock Infinite in 2013. I think Dishonored was much more forward-thinking and much played a much bigger role in, like, making uh, immersive sims, like, interesting and, it and does new. does a much better job with its, like, immersive storytelling and its, like, not black-and-white world. Mm-hmm. Well, you get to kill John Slattery in Dishonored. <laughs> Dishonored had you murdering the rich. Bioshock Infinite yeah. is extremely neoliberal. I'm going to throw out some things here. I think Link Between Worlds is probably a little too high on this list at number three. I love that game to death, but I don't know that it really has had a staying legacy. Or uh, More importantly, I think I just was caught up in the nostalgia, and I don't really want to play it anymore. I would boot off uh, Pokemon X and Y, even though it's one of my favorites in the series. Uh, I think that in terms of, if you're just looking at, like, in terms of, like, impactfulness and uh, legacy, like, it... It's one of the forgotten generations of Pokemon. Really? Uh, Raymond Legends, we rewarded that because we didn't reward Origins. Origins. Yeah. Uh, Device 6, like, I think Samogo is a good developer. I'm really excited for their uh, pop biker uh, game that's coming out on Switch next year. It looks that's a bit more my It's really, great. really cool. But, like, I don't remember a whole lot about uh, Device 6. And looking at on our work worth discussing, like, we have Kentucky Route Zero, which we have still never really given recognition to because of our whole, like, oh, we don't reward uh, unfinished games. Which uh, is we changing. We Melee, which I think uh, has a much better legacy in terms of, like, originality and gameplay. It's also a Canadian studio making a game that's, like, just taking wholesale from Mexican folklore and doing what it wants with it. Mm. Which is kind of, I've seen a critique to fair bit for that. Uh, yeah, but I think mm. that they've been pretty open about... Uh, the diversity of their studio and like how attentive they are to Hispanic culture and how like how much, how far they go to avoid uh, disrespecting elements of that culture. That's like, true. It's, I, I love yeah, Drinkbox and I, I assume they have good intentions with their games. The Last of Us, you know, appropriated zombie culture, and no one's talking about that. <laughs> um, I think, and I know Spencer was certainly. Have, he certainly wishes we had recognized Bear Stearns. Bravo. I think we may. Have I, I would up trade any one game on this list for Bear Stearns Bravo right now, no questions asked. We have an opening offer. Are there? <laughs> so Stanley Parable definitely deserves to stay here. Tearaway definitely deserves to stay here. I think Link Between Worlds deserves to stay here. Whether or not you think it's too high, I don't know. I I think it's here's, extremely well designed. There's one thing I want to add though, because we. I'm just I'm bringing it back because the initial way we started talking and thinking about these games is through the modern lens. And even if we hate the game, GTA Five didn't make the list. And look at what GTA Online is now, making billions of dollars. Does that yeah. mean anything? No, but not to us critically. But that is influential, is it not? Yeah, it's it is. influential in terms of ongoing support model. Like Rockstar finally woke up to what Blizzard had been doing since Blizzard became studio. But Critically, uh, GTA Online is also trash. Yeah, it's really very bad. apparently not for a lot of people though. That's what's fucking. Well, insane. sure. I think some a people like trash. Fortnite. Fortnite. Right. None of us like Fortnite. Thank you, Tyler. Okay, great. Uh, it's yeah, all right. No, fuck that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can build uh, stuff. Yeah, wow. yeah, great. I'll do that in Minecraft and not have some thirteen-year-old shoot in the head and teabag me to death. Oh, you um, still might. Also, yeah. Rockstar was on a really good. Well, really good but they were on a better path moving from the liberty city stories and like with the creativity of red dead redemption and max Payne three 
And then I feel like they just didn't do anything with GTA 5's campaign of interest. Like, they had the whole heist thing, and they never really paid it off. Like, none of the heist missions yeah. were all that great. They clearly were is, diverting and, their focus the, into the, the online. The three protagonists were yeah. all men. Two of them were white guys. Uh, you had one black guy they never really did justice to in the way they did uh, CJ from San Andreas. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. That the, was a good game. We can't right. really talk I, about I think it rewarded them else. too much for playing it too safe. Yeah. Like GTA Five is a GTA game. Yeah, great. You know, if you're into that, fantastic. Um, but and, that's why Liberty City Stories had me excited because it was yeah. them taking chances. Yeah, they they started to take some chances. That was that was really interesting. So yeah, I wouldn't say that we should consider GTA Five at this juncture. Yeah, um, I, I I would say just one last thing on Rockstar is I've been thinking about this a lot, and at, at in their worst moments, I think Rockstar's biggest problem is that. Uh, it feels like the creative minds there are very much trying to be the Tarantinos of games and game storytelling, which is to say that they make a big splash and provoke without really fully knowing how to actually say something about what they're talking about. Well, in and, that sense, I think they are very have a better job of evolving and becoming uh, a better storyteller. I don't know. Depends on. I Look, guess I just I just want to know where you get that mediocre know. white guy confidence yeah. like Tarantino has. Like, I would kill to have that level of confidence. Um, <laughs> no, suffice it to say, um, I, I still enjoy his movies. I thought Hateful I, I Eight was really well done. Yeah. I enjoyed Inglorious Bastards. I enjoyed the Django Unchained. Is Django Unchained still your top film of 2012? Is that the list? We're debating. That's the list. Let's not talk about Tarantino anymore. <laughs> um. So, Stanley Parable number one. No. There's Prince number two. Moving <laughs> yeah. on. So, we haven't I, even I, talked I, about Gone Home and why yeah. it might might so, still be number one. Yeah. So, several I of us. I still don't enjoy playing that game. I finished it. I don't think the story is all that great, but yeah, fine. Whatever. I think that in terms of. There are a couple arguments I would make for it, and I'm not married to it being number one forever, uh, which is that uh, it. Create, there are a few things that happen about the way that was made. You know, it's this group of people who really came up in the um, immersive sim world. They worked on Bioshock 2. They worked on Infinite. They worked on that DLC, Minerva's Den, that was really well received. And then they uh, started this small studio uh, up in our little backyard here uh, and made a game that was very short and very narrative-focused and very much just about quiet exploration. And it was two hours long, and they charged 20 bucks for it in a time when charging $15 for any game was wild. Whether or not that's a good thing is debatable. Like, I don't really know that I have an opinion on that, but they were trying to make a statement, I believe, when with making that game of, like, games can be like this, and games can be very specifically about trying to capture a moment in time or a person's experience that may be different from yours. And... I just I think the attention to detail, the richness of the interwoven narratives, it was pretty neat, and it's definitely influenced uh, storytelling games substantially since then. I don't think we'd have Edith Finch or Everybody's Gone to the Rapture quite like that if it wasn't for Gone Home. Yeah, I will say this: I wonder if the Last of Us DLC Left Behind, focusing on Ellie, I wonder if that exists in a world where Gone Home did. Hmm. That's a really good That's question. A very good question. It did open up a lot of doors in that way, and for new perspectives. Not even just mm-hmm. LGBT perspectives, yeah. but yeah. Non- Speaking of Last yeah. of Us, having replayed Last of Us this year, uh, I would be okay with that in number one too. I, I think that I was wrong about that game before. Well. Yeah, I think it's a superb uh, story, and I think the gameplay certainly holds up. Like there's certain uh, ludo narrative uh, dissonance to revive that old buzzword going on in terms of like 
how many fucking people you're murdering in that game but uh especially like on the high difficulties like they really ratchet up that tension mm. i think it's an underrated uh horror game mm-hmm. yeah really excellent um I, mean, I would say to your point uh, about like zelda though everyone before if i think of the games on this list it's probably gone home and last of us i actually still give a shit about now yeah, yeah. um like maybe Stanley is my perfect son and you will not be smirch him i love tearaway so, i wish that but it had been more played influential that on the vita right like when i played it it was on the yeah. console so i think i missed out uh, a lot on it so but it I felt think real it special on the vita like you had the camera you could like poke the back of the, yeah. the the one game to make a decent use of that stupid back touchpad <laughs> it's like what if that, that nintendo land was an actual game yeah hey. what if that's yeah. a huge so uh, I think Device 6 is also, for me, a game I think about all the time and it's been very influential for me. But um, From, like, developer cool. perspective or just from... Yeah. It's like, this is what games can be. Uh, you can make a game that's all about, like, basically panning across a piece of paper and, like, mm-hmm. solving little puzzles and hearing these audio-visual cues. And, like, it was just a very... Like, I think Florence would probably not exist if it wasn't for a game like Device 6. I do, um, I do think I remember kind of some of the conversations or I'm filling in the blanks from the that year, but Device 6 was one of the first mobile games I actually cared about, and it was one of the first ones that felt like a big, uh, a great use of mobile technology that felt different from what you would get on a console, because I think a lot of the mobile games before, even like Hero Academy or ones, they just, I, I didn't care mm-hmm. about them. They didn't really, they weren't interesting to me, but Device 6 was one of the first that kind of crossed over in that way, so... Yeah, I don't know if I'd replay right. it now. 2013 is full of interesting games. Some yeah. of them flawed, some of them less so. But so yeah. ridiculous fishing number going. one. Yeah, yep, yeah. Ridiculous <laughs> fishing is really good too. Um, also, on that this year, Rogue Legacy, Guacamole, Civ, well, or Civ's expansion, Bear Stearns, Bravo. I, I do feel like Spencer, you said your piece there, but man, what a weird special game that may not work anymore with Google getting rid of annotations. Yeah, uh, it does still work. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> I replayed it recently. Uh, and I'll just say, like, we, we do kind of factor things in for influence, and I find it tragic that... Uh, FMB is making a comeback. ...that BSB isn't more influential, and more so, uh, Stanley Parable wasn't yeah. influential. There's mm-hmm. very little satire in games, even yeah, now. Not enough. I think so. Stanley Parable is a game that I feel really good about it being in our top five, even oh. still. Even like I think it stands the test of time, and it's getting re-released for consoles very soon. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, cool. That's true. Yeah, that's it. All right. Is Let's move on home? to 2014. Uh, yeah. We, we, we kind of on the, on the last few. I'm just trying to make sure what we're doing. The last few, we've kind of said, like, for sure, Journey and then Arkham were, but I feel like a couple of the years we have, we've been a little wishy-washy on confirming or changing our number one. All right. Let's just go down the line. Um who thinks it should be Gone Home? I'm okay with that. For those who can't see video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that, too. Who thinks it should be The Last of Us? Me. Me. Who thinks it should be something else? Hello. <laughs> what do you think it should be? Wow, it feels like 2013. So I, th- I, th- so I think we leave it as is. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a stalemate. Yeah. I think The Last of Us and Gone Home... Or in my heart now, both game of the year 2013. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Uh, 20- We've never actually brought up the possibility of a tie before. Well, we can't have a tie. We have five people. But we've got 2018 still to go, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey. we're still working on it. Let's get into this. Yeah. So 2014 anyway. is a year that had games like number 10's The Wolf Among Us, 
Number nine, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which has Kevin Spacey. Number eight, PT. <laughs> Number seven, Dark Souls 2. Automatic fades. Number six, Dragon Age Inquisition. Number five, Wolfenstein The New Order. Number four, Super Smash Bros. for 3DS and Wii U. Number three, Jazz Punk or Yaz Punk. Number two, Shovel Knight. And number one, Sports Friends. So I want to—I just want to start this, by, this by saying, like, if I had to defend Skyrim, I want you, uh, Nick, and Spencer to defend Sports Friends now. Because I th- I, that is the one I disagree <laughs> with the most from all of our years of Game of the Year. I stumbled into a game of Johann Sebastian Joust at PAX this year, and it was every bit as fucking magical as it but always has been. But was that as part been, of Sports Friends, or is that separate yes. package? It's the only way no, you can play it. No, it was part it. of Sports okay. Friends. So, no, I will I will 100% go to the map for Sports Friends. Sports can you Friends have a video game with no video? Yeah. Yes. So is it, is it really fun to play unless you're in a large group of people in a convention somewhere or a park? Well, like, there's no How single bad, a party at your house. That's the only way you play it. I think That's, let's I not get being... into reductive Tyler type logic of it has to have a, first, a single player mode. Like, can I play it in my bed? Yes or no? This is my <laughs> can only... I play it in my bed, laying motionless with the screen mounted directly above me? Then like, no, thank you. The dream. <laughs> uh, I think Sports Friends, and let's not discount the other games in there, which are all excellent too. But it's really Johann Sebastian Joust that sealed this for me, mm-hmm. and it's the fact that this is a game that subverts what a video game can be and yields these just magical results of like i mean again it's very experiential very you know you have to be there in the right moment in the right setting where, where someone has it but when you do it's just sublime it's this very fun game where you can get to know people by trying to smack them uh while you're all dancing really strangely while holding these controllers and it's just i played it i played it in someone's backyard when i was very drunk in austin i played it at xoxo 2016 out in this big field with like 20 people I've played it in my home. I've played it with like two or three friends. It's just a very, um, I think to me what it really is so magical about it is that it's like a peek into what happens at these experimental game festivals and parties. And when that gets for like fully polished up and presented to the world, like it's, when you think about games being able to do more than just like, you know, move a gun on a screen or, you know, advance through text boxes or like move your army units to like positions on a board, like Sports Friends opens the door to like, hey, games can be whatever the fuck we want, and they can be incredibly also, fun. This was the like uh, imaginative mini game party collection before uh, the you know you don't know Jack revival. Yeah, Jackbox. Oh, by the yeah, way, Jackbox is robbed. Yeah, I'm um, kind of wish we'd have a Jackbox in our list at some Jackbox. point. I think we screwed up Jackbox. We should yeah, have a yeah. best Jackbox or leave, category. I could take or leave most of this list, but I would push PT and Jazz Punk to the fucking moon. Yeah, I would agree with Jazz Punk. I just the Sports Friends one was the problem I always had with it, and the same thing I said in 2014 was being lucky to experience it. It's not that that has to discount a game like if you can't ever play it, but if you never get a chance to play it that way, it's just it's, it's a hard sell, right? Yeah, yeah but yeah, if it really you have is. played it. Then I can understand what you're saying. I can understand that. I, I would even put an asterisk on Sports Friends and, and put the weight of it on those circumstances with JS Joust. The other games in that are good. Yeah. They're very fun. Yeah. But I was going to add that I think JS Joust is just so transcendental. It's I think we perfect. missed one big thing. It was Mario Kart 8. Yeah. I think that we it messed didn't up. place the list. But we messed up at this in two list, ways. like both Mario Kart and 8 and Super Smash Brothers, they hold up in the context that both of them have better Switch ports, or better Switch versions, I should yeah. say. So yeah. the game still holds up now, then, is an even stronger argument for, for, like, 8, at least. Yeah. Mario Kart 8 sold better on Switch already than it did Lifetime on Wii U, which is wild. And Ultimate it sold is not a, a port, by any means, right? It is a new game. No, right? it's brand new. 
I mean, they're they use the same stages, but it's Smash. They reuse every stage always. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a very fresh game. Every character got substantial tweaks. Um, it's we can talk about Smash Ultimate later. Yeah. I'll bring that up, but um, I, I think that we should just swap Smash out and Mario Kart in at four because that's really for what that meant to the series. Smash Bros. on 3DS and Wii U was not necessarily a huge step forward, but Mario Kart 8 was like mm-hmm. a renaissance of the kart racer. It is, it is the best game in that series by a country mile, in my opinion. I'd agree. And it's probably the best kart racer, period. Yep. Yeah, and it's just so fun. I still play it when people come over. Like it's mm-hmm. The Switch version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know my Wii U hooked up anymore. I'm not some kind of like Yeah, who's uh, We busted weirdo. out the Wii U version. Because fuck the Wii U. Because there's no okay. Switch All right. here yet. Um, uh, I think Dragon... Age holds up. I think Wolf mm. holds up. Uh, Dark Souls Two. Like that seems like a pity vote to me. That was that we, we never gave the other we missed the games. Dark. Yeah, I remember that discussion. Is because we. Had yeah, it. I think common opinion is that Dark Souls Two is the worst Soulsborne game. It's. I don't agree with because that because that's the only one I've beaten. <laughs> I think it is probably one of the. It's in the bottom half. Let's say okay. Okay. It occurs to me <laughs> that uh, we missed that, and this is actually a couple years back, but. Diablo 3 came out in 2012, and yeah. I know that part of the reason it didn't make the list is because I was vehemently opposed to it because the PC experience was so bad. It was bad, was. yeah. It was a bad launch. Um, but that was that's still a good game. Yeah, that hi, is, I'm here to like, talk. They, they definitely came around on it. Reaper's so, incredible. Hi, have you heard about the yeah. good word of Diablo 3 Reapers of Souls? Because holy fuck, that game is good. It's yeah, really that's fun. a 2014 game. So the 2014, it was, it was, was that when the expansion pack came out? Yep, 14, yep. yeah. I would say it deserves to be up there. Yeah, I think Reaper I, should like, be on the list. Let's just get rid of fucking Call of Duty Space Warfare. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one being hey, a this big was, this push. This was before Space, thank you very much. But Space, with Spacey Space Warfare. Warfare. Yeah. <laughs> this was Call of Duty with grappling hooks. Yeah, yeah. as opposed yeah, to Call Spacey. of Duty Titanfall. Uh, I want to make a quick plug for Monument Valley. Yeah. yeah. Really, really, really neat. I, I would I would boot Wolf and put Monument Valley uh, in there. You're going to have to be continuing that. You're going to have to be more I specific because there's I two would, games with the word Wolf in them on in the title. Uh, Among Us? The Wolf Among Us. Yeah. yeah Wolfenstein Wolf deserves Wolf. to be where it is. I'm, yeah, Wolf Among Us is a good Telltale game. Rest in it's peace. But, I think we could get yeah. rid of Call of Duty and Wolf Among Us, Monument yeah. Valley, and Mario Kart 8 Easily. somewhere on the list, right? Yeah, and Reaper of Souls. I think I would swap out for something. I would swap out for something. Yeah, I don't like Dragon Age at all. I liked Inquisition, I, but I, I just um, yeah. Nick and I are are pulling for it. Does Sports Friends survive at number one? I would rather see Shovel Knight move down than Sports Friends moved out. I would. I think sh- Shovel Knight's overrated. I think I don't. So I bought it on Switch, and I still don't really want to play it anymore. I loved yeah. it at the time, but I definitely it, don't know if it's replayable. So that that's it's been surpassed. Good. But like I think Hollow Knight is so much better than Shovel Knight in a lot of ways. You know, sure. I would say, like, overall from that year, though I pushed for Shovel Knight, Jazz Punk was still probably my number one for mm. that yeah. year. I think, I think speaking of, like, what we were talking about with Stanley Parable and satire and games, like, and also just immersive sims, like, I guess Jazz Punk's not technically an immersive sim, <laughs> but often it kind of felt like it because it yeah. was just so reactive to everything you did. It's like an immersive sim on DMT, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the argument for Mushrooms, actually. <laughs> hmm. Uh, I think I think I'd be okay with Jazz Punk number one. Ooh, All right, yeah. yeah. I would yeah. I would want Sports Friends to be top three, like yeah. number two maybe. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll Jazz Punk makes me feel warm. I would really, really want PT in the top three because yeah. holy shit, like that was that was some real peak Kojima type nonsense. It was peak Kojima like in the that fact that it was Somebody completely has a... killed by uh, Konami afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, also. I, 
I had the opportunity to play it. Like oh. I ran across somebody who uh, has a PS4 with it still installed, and yeah, that was really fucking weird. So that's another weird thing, an artifact to think about that I never downloaded. I didn't play it, thinking I'd play it eventually later, and then I missed out on the chance to ever play it. So it is the scariest game I've ever played. I I cannot describe how it felt playing that game, except that I was just freaked the fuck out for about an hour and a half straight. Um, and you, you still have games, especially like VR horror games, yeah. that are taking notes from PT. Mm-hmm. PT is a glimpse into another universe where we would have had a perfect horror game. Yeah. Yeah. And it hurts. Oh, well. It was okay. still a really wonderful experience that scared the hell out of me. Um, did we Speaking of Kojima, should we move on? Yeah, did we to come to consensus? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll make Jazzpunk number one retroactively. Yeah. We're not going to change the actual lists, but in no, hindsight, yeah. Jazzpunk and sports. Let's say, hey, we wanted to do a tie. Sports friends, Jazzpunk share number one. All Fine. right. It's decided. The points don't matter. <laughs> the points don't matter. Uh, 2015, we're almost there, y'all. Uh, this is a year that happened. Uh, on this <laughs> list was number 10, Sybil. Number 9, Life is Strange. Number 8, Broken Age. Number 7, The Witcher 3. Number six, Super Mario Maker. Number five, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Number four, Her Story. Number three, Undertale. Number two, Splatoon. Number one, Rocket League. Can I just say... There's nothing on this list I would remove, but the order yeah, is just... Yeah, I think it was a pretty strong year. I mean, look at our worth discussing. Yeah. We only have the Talos Principle as our omission, yeah. which is not only. I mean, that was, oh. I think, a big omission in It's also because I didn't go through and look through a ton of stuff on, on in the game or in, in the year 2015, but I did. Fine. I skimmed, too, and I think I'd, I'd say the same thing as Talos Principle should have been on the list somewhere, but my only argument against Rocket League is it was super awesome that summer when we all were playing it, and I have not touched it since that doesn't mean anything but i feel like it kind of was a flash in the pan and who cares about it now and i know that's um, reductive but tons of people love it i think yeah i think there's still lots of people playing that game it's still, i think it, honestly it's fortnite's updated still getting dlc i think fortnite's inspired by it too in some ways like the way they do dlc and the cosmetic stuff yeah. and like the goofiness of it i just saw an like, announcement for new cosmetics for rocket league not too long ago yeah still getting there's a lot still of content that. yeah it's it's still pulling hard i don't know if it's the esports darling i expected it to be no but it is still being played it is still popular well everquest one still has or expansion packs coming out yeah longevity doesn't mean mentioning though this was another arkham asylum year where we were just all on board with the number one spot like there wasn't a lot of disagreement i was was pushing hard for rocket league because not just because of how big it got as an esport but as in a multiplayer game it was probably as, as funny as it is for a game with rocket-powered cars in an arena, it's the closest that you could really feel to actually playing a sport. Yeah. There, there is one pretty glaring omission on this list, though. Hmm. The Witcher. I, you know, in retrospect, I think at the time I was more on your side, Tyler, of wishing it should have been higher, but in retrospect, well, okay, I would still put it above Super Mario Maker and Whoa. her story. Whoa. But okay. I... I think it's still fine in the bottom half of the list. I was about to say, though, and save Nick the effort of doing this, that I think now, because uh, I didn't get to play it by the time we debated that year, I would have put Undertale as number one. Mm. Aaron, you're you're going to make me tear up. <laughs> <laughs> at least number two, and maybe put Splatoon at the top. I just, Rocket League oh never God. sat with me the yeah. same way, and I understand why we voted for it, but in retrospect, I just don't give a shit about Rocket League anymore, and I didn't after Splatoon's the first couple so months. F- Fucking but fresh. Splatoon, no pun intended, right? 
because they yeah, stay fresh. Yeah, it, it's off the hook, right? Um, I yeah. think the the only major omission, the only thing that I'm really unhappy with, is um, the fact that we completely missed out on Pillars of Eternity. Yeah, I would I would have had Pillars of Eternity. That is another list. game I finished mm. later and also really really loved. So I would agree with okay. you there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's just some of these games, like Aaron said, some of them just haven't really stuck with me, even though I was really high on at the time. And some of them I was high on at the time, I've only gotten higher yeah. with uh, hindsight and age. Like, I, I only feel better about Metal Gear Solid Five now from a design standpoint. Like, I think story-wise, it's still pretty trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, in terms of, like, how it's designed and, like, the way it encourages, uh, like, it's probably one of the single best stealth games yeah. uh, to have ever been uh released in terms of like giving you the tool set to approach missions how you wanted and you want to if things fucked up then it was one of the only stealth games i think that i didn't feel like i had to immediately reset the moment i was spotted. it's a good yeah. way of putting it and i it, they're different games but i would say this is almost like the proto to 2016's hitman mm-hmm. where in the sense that you have that kind of toy box sandbox approach to stealth and yeah hitman season one and hitman two do not exist without phantom pain. i mean hitman no. as a series existed before phantom pain and you do get yeah. punished. right but the the way those the restructuring were laid out the way the way hitman played was different than what season one was. right but the you get punished a lot like, here's more a for tool breaking stealth, but there is a big toolbox and a whole lot of ways to get into it i think the worlds are better designed in hitman the the, the 2016 and hitman 2 from this year i think the worlds are a bit better designed because there's more in them. There's more clockwork happening in behind the scenes than in Metal Gear Solid Five. But yeah, no, I I completely uh, see that there's an inspiration there to attack it how you'd like in a lot of ways. There's a lot of clockwork in Metal Gear Solid Five too. To be fair, yeah, I still do not give a rat's ass about Super Mario. That's oh, kind man. of the one that like. So what what's the status of that now? Is that still have a pretty healthy community? People are still making stuff. I haven't played it in two years because my Wii U is unplugged, but I think about it often. <laughs> because fuck the Wii U. <laughs> I think that Super Mario Maker is the best game on the Wii U. If they make a sequel for Switch, that for would the Wii be U. very high on our, on our game of the year. Because sure. that needs Maybe. that needs to see a wider audience than just the Wii U audience. Yeah. Um, it's another also, one of those games know... that you feel... It just feels limiting to, like, if you don't... If you aren't that person that wants to play those... To play remix levels or make your own... I know it, it doesn't matter but about that's the, the entire but, game. Yeah, right, so it's but, probably not a game you will want to play. Right. So, yeah. For me, for I I'm a kid who like drew Mario levels in his like homework assignments since he was in kindergarten. So like that game was a revelation for me. Yeah. But also, some of the content I enjoyed the most in 2015 was watching people create or watching the the very hot war that happened between Dan Reichert and Patrick Klepek, Dan creating these masochistic <laughs> levels in Mario Maker and Patrick trying to get through them. That's that was fun. great. Also the GDQ Mario Maker blind races they do, yeah. things like that. Like there's still a cultural resonance to that and people still talk about what about a Metroid Maker? What about a Zelda Maker? Mm-hmm. What about, you know, whatever. And I, I hope that that's not the end of that, but I think it's fine where it is. I think it's wonderful, but... I look at the rest of this. I look at that top three, and I think, man, what a strong year for games. So, do we are we trying are we going the safe route and not trying to move Rocket League, or do we want to try to move anything? I mean, my heart still says Undertale's number one, well, but of course uh, it does. But I think Splatoon would be the only one that would move <laughs> there for me, just because a a new Nintendo game coming out that strong is very impressive. And okay, it's not 
to say it's been ver- verified or justified by how popular Splatoon 2, which is like Splatoon director's cut with new content, that's been massively popular. And it's also huge over here as well. Like, yeah. you, you guys wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily know, but it's been, it's massive, both um, just from the popularity of the characters, but also even as an eSport in Japan. It really Does just her story hold up. Uh, it was important. I think it's a top ten game. I would yeah. probably bump Life is Strange off this list and put someone else, something else on it. I would actually swap that. that say Broken, Broken Age. Age. Yeah, get rid of Broken Age. Mm, and keep Life Broken is Age is I one of the Broken best Age. adventure games I've ever played. I tried liking it. I finished it. It was oh. okay. And we we do have other items that we didn't we failed to consider. I mean, Kerbal was a pretty oh yeah twenty fifteen game. Uh, Ori came out that year. I didn't like Ori. Kerbal uh, would almost be equivalent of like a Minecraft, not from yeah. education, but similar. Well, it is using education. Education standpoint yeah. as well. Yeah. We've kind of like talked about Telltale a bit and how the same either style is, how they've kind of like failed to evolve. But I think uh, Tales from the Borderlands, which was a twenty fifteen game, is one of the best of that model yeah in terms of storytelling and uh it was a funny game yeah and there's just still criminally few funny games it had some real heart to it too an excellent use of music just real real top-notch storytelling if if we Mm -hmm. moved anything in i don't think i would want to take life is strange off because i think it resonates so well okay i would it's very schlocky and, and teen but the writing is still very good how about this? I will give up Broken Age, and I would bump like I'll give up Broken Age to put something like Talos Principle on there. I'd bump Sybil too because I dominated that at the time, and I think it was it was it was super important, and it still was a fantastic experience. But it more so opened the door for a lot of, or it did not in and of itself, but it was part of a peer group of games that were by individual kind of creators. Mm-hmm. And we've started to see a lot more of those over mm-hmm. time, and so I think it helped normalize that. But I don't know if it still actually holds up in and of itself. As I think it's notable for being a semi-autobiographical game. Like yeah. I can't think of many things that have done that, and it's pretty brave the kind of story that Nina Freeman was telling with that. Um, I think it stays for me, but yeah, um, I would probably bump her story. Before I'm unwilling to compromise Broken Age, but I mean that's me. And one thing that oh. I'm oh, no. a little bitter about oh, no. uh, that. Since we rewarded Dark Souls to the previous year, like how the fuck did we not give any attention to? Well, I didn't I, like Bloodborne, so there's that. I didn't like Bloodborne. <laughs> I played like 20 hours of it, and I was just like, "Man, this uh, is a bad you game." You guys are both so wrong. Looks cool, great aesthetic. Yeah, yeah it was like uh, Pride and Prejudice and Souls. You know, really <laughs> Pride and Prejudice and Souls. I would actually play the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bloodborne is a. I respect that it's very well made. It was a big departure in a lot of ways for that series, and like it was atmospherically really remarkable. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like. I didn't like not having a shield, and I never got used to the guns, and I think that was why it didn't work for me. But I, could, I, I can think see why people exactly loved why it. it did work for me because shields just slowed down Dark Souls for me. I mm-hmm. never uh, enjoyed uh, the parry as much in the Souls games as I did in Bloodborne, okay. and I think. It just really benefited from being a much more offensive-oriented uh, Souls game. Mm-hmm. That's fair. We should probably move on. Um, it sounds like we're going to just leave the top three as it is. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wouldn't mess with that one. All right, cool. I feel okay with that. Um, sorry about Pillars of Eternity. I still haven't played that. Sorry. Pillars yeah, 2 is better anyway, I think. Okay. Uh, 20, 
I haven't actually had the chance okay. yet, but Moving I'm willing on. to bet. Everything I've heard is that it's amazing. Two zero one six twenty sixteen is a year that happened, and in that list we have number ten, Pokemon Go. Number nine, what is Firewatch? Number eight, Valhalla. Number seven, Battle hold all Field comments, One. please. Number six. <laughs> number six, The Witness. Number five, Final Fantasy fifteen. Number four, Uncharted four, A Thief's End. Number three, Super Hot. Number two, Doom. Number one, Overwatch. Also remembered as the year Spencer finally won. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Sports Friends was you too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But would nevertheless, that, would that be our always sunny title card? <laughs> year, Spencer, the the, I mean, honestly, yeah. Um, get rid of Battlefield One. Otherwise, yeah. I don't really have any complaints about this. Swap one. Battlefield One for Hitman. That, yeah, yeah, that Hitman absolutely deserves a spot in this All list. Right, we're down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. bat- <laughs> yeah. Battlefield One was just not. Like, it, it had really good single player, and the multiplayer just failed to grip me entirely. Uh, I would also mention Super Hot VR uh, is still the gold standard of VR games for me. And Super Hot is still a really good game. They both Doom are. Doom is yeah. fucking Has anyone tried Doom VFR? I've heard it's not very good. I, have but I haven't tried it. Have you? Doom's 2016 holds up though. Yeah, like, I have absolutely reinstalled it and just done some time trails, and it is fucking great. I, I started a uh, ultra violence playthrough a while back, and that game still owns so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what a good what a good year though. Overwatch is anyone going to contest Overwatch? Because I think it's no. I mean, if we were talking influence, I not I'm a little surprised no one's trying to push uh, Pokemon Go up farther. I find where where it is fine with where it is, but I'm fine I, with I where agree. it is. Honestly, yeah. that game has some serious staying power. Yeah, like it uh, it was like oh it's everyone's playing it. And they're like oh nobody's playing it. Um, still huge in Japan. I still bust it out like not infrequently it's it's still out there yeah. it's still yeah. doing its thing i still see it on every single bus ride i ever take at least one or two people playing it mm-hmm. yeah like it's it's not as public as it was but it's definitely like their post-launch support has been really good i still yeah. see at least one I mean, i'll be the i still see at least one middle-aged person a day playing it on the train yeah <laughs> uh, i'll be the lone uh, overwatch dissenter i never fell in love with that game mm. uh there's some games that we ignored from this year. Uh, Inside's not on this list. Uh, Steven's Sausage Roll isn't on this list. Yeah, I would probably swap. Well, we already got rid of Battlefield 1. I would probably get rid of Firewatch and put either Inside or Steven's Sausage Roll on there. No. I'd be fine with that. I didn't think about What Firewatch if we got rid of good. FF15? I... Yeah, that's more of a philosophical <laughs> objection, though. I have no specific objection other than it's fine. I mean, I, I think also, that game was real messed up, but the things it does right are just incredible and it's still kind of bonkers that we gave battlefield one that much attention but not titanfall 2 yeah Titan- that is an embarrassment title titanfall 2 had a great single player campaign everything about titanfall and 2 is wonderful had a great multiplayer too yeah i bought it and played for like a while and nobody joined me and it was just the saddest feeling i think aaron was there for a bit but i bought yeah, it on I was a real deep sale one, but alone yeah <laughs> starred stardew valley is also a 2016 game oh yeah sure. some people here like that <laughs> What is going on over there? Yeah, what is that? Uh, that would be me, and that would be construction happening over here. Oh, cool. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's real fun. It's okay. It sounds like they're doing construction in your kitchen by knocking the pans <laughs> around. <laughs> well, Owlboy I don't know how they do it in Japan. So, Owlboy, yeah, that's a game that made a splash. Uh, I didn't like it, personally. I don't know if anyone else did. It was. I didn't. Get, it didn't stick with me. 
I also, I will admit on this podcast for the first time, was too dumb to get Farn Steven Sausage Roll. Uh, it seems like a masterfully made Sokoban game, but man, I'm just not very good at hard Sokoban games. So, so I don't even know what that is. So bo- it's like box pushing. There was a game from Japan called Sokoban that was about pushing boxes, and that's it's you know kind of like roguelike in that sense. It's the Dark Souls of block pushing. Games. Oh wow! Well, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's real <laughs> brutal. That one. I feel like Inside was kind of robbed, and I think Hitman was definitely robbed. We yeah, we gave recognition to Inside for best moment. Which I wrote, and yeah. I definitely, I still would have, because Firewatch was my push, I still would have put Firewatch above Inside, but I really wish Inside had been on the list compared to, like at the time. Picross 3D2 was also a year, uh, game mm. that year. Oh, that was a real good game. Love my Picross. I feel uh, like this 2016, a few of us got like our individual picks. Yeah. Yep. Does anyone like here the, still want Stardew Valley or play it or think about it? I think about it a lot. Okay. I thought about but it when I, I was I getting my it. Switch set up. Yeah, I keep looking on the Switch eShop like, ah, you go on sale someday? It's a real good version on Switch, just saying. Yeah. First time I ever got past spring was on Switch. I think well, I like, have if you this look on at, my list, but Ratchet if, and Clank is a If you look at the bottom the bottom half of the list, like The Witness was kind of Nick's push. Battlefield 1 was Spencer's at the time, though I backed him up. Valhalla was Doug's. Firewatch is, Firewatch is mine. So, like, we we each kind of bartered, it felt like. And there was not a lot of consensus on a lot of the list, other than the yeah. top three. It was a weird year. Like, a lot of us didn't play a lot of the same games, so it was a lot yeah. of discussion. That's okay, though. I think I'm okay with leaving it as is in the interest of time, if that's okay with everybody. Yep. Yeah, yeah let's just keep marching. Speaking of years that kind of us played the same thing. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're pretty good on time, too. I think you said, like, you wanted to be done in about 11 minutes or so. Yeah, I, yeah, eleven minutes, and we'll take a break before the next section. But, yep. Um, yeah, this last year here is 2017. That's the previous year. That's the last year. Uh, what? And it, it was a good year for video games. You know, very good year for video games. And some of those very good games included number ten, Prey. Number nine, Danganronpa V3, Killing Harmony. Number eight, Horizon Zero Dawn. Number seven, Divinity: Original Sin Two. Number six, Near Automata. Number five, Super Mario Odyssey. Number four, What Remains of Edith Finch. Number three, Pyre. Number two, Night in the Woods. Number one, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Worth discussing, Yakuza 0, you cowards. Gran Turismo Sport, (laughs) Fortnite. I will not entertain any discussion that puts Fortnite on. I put Fortnite on there just because we were we throughout the list mentioned uh, wrote down a bunch of games that were left out of the discussion, so I just mm-hmm. put it there for posterity, not because I agree. But I wrote in my notes when going over this list for 2017. I said for the top one, uh, Breath of the Wild, no fucking changes is what I wrote. No, <laughs> no, I will not contest that. So, Breath of the Wild is that is a fucking lock. Breath of the Wild might be the best game of the year we've ever had. I'm interested in getting into it soon. I picked up a used copy not too long ago. Nice. Once I get a Switch, which once I start getting paid, I will entertain playing it. <laughs> and admittedly, and there are, the most, most recent year would probably be the hardest to refute, right? Because it's been yeah. the least amount of time. But I still, I, I can't imagine even in five years from now, I will think that we messed up by putting Breath of the Wild as number one. No. I think there's only one thing I would change on this list, and that's that I would swap Horizon Zero Dawn for Yakuza Zero. Thank you. I actually would do Whoa. that, yeah. <laughs> no. Hey! I played through that entire game on on y'all's recommendation, and I hated it start to finish. And that's my problem, okay. but man, I just don't see it. Get Edith Finch the fuck out of there. <laughs> Edith Finch is such a good game. It was a very good game. 
but uh, I had emotional attachment to it that can't be replicated. Just like you can't play Johann Sebastian Joust unless you're in the right moment of time. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, so this that, is I wasn't, the year that where, wasn't a dig. I was just saying, like, if if 2016 was the year where uh, Spencer finally wins, this this year was the year where I did not win anything because <laughs> Yakuza Zero and Gran Turismo Sport need to be on the top ten, and neither are. Didn't, yeah. Didn't we, even give him the pity sports slot. I would that say sport, like Gran Turismo Sport, of all the other sports or racing games that sometimes it felt like we gave Doug a gimme, like sport, after I played later, I actually would agree that that is probably the best Gran Turismo I've played in years. And because of the rest of the games, I just got tired of I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Forza for the same If you had reasons. asked me prior to 2017 what a hypothetical Doug game of the year would be called, I would say Gran Turismo Sport. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> like 2009 <laughs> oh my god in 2009 tyler said gran turismo sport wrote it down folded up the note <laughs> like i think the only what change i'd make would be like gran fucking turismo comma sport gran turismo sports <laughs> starring lebron James. and, and yamauchi just, just kind more. of erased the comma in there and went hmm no but <laughs> and and let me let me repeat they just launched or they just released more cars and another track and as a wow. December update, and there's balance changes on- for the online continuing all the time. This it, is basically a, a service game. This is the blizzard of racing games. This is the blizzard game of racing games. That is so a rock and roll racing. That's games, impressive. They're on here. They've only gotten better with time. Like uh, I think Prey is better this year than it was last. But year. is that Prey uh, or is that the add-on DLC? Moon Crash. Well, we don't generally we generally don't um, count them separately. I mean, Diablo is kind of a, a separate case but um, also like original sin 2 had a what was it like extended cut or a director's cut their director's well, we cut nominated it as amazing. the original release not the extended right but i'm just saying that i so a lot of these choices i feel better about now than i did mm. that's year. fair yeah i already felt good about them last year um uh, i want even night in the woods had an extended pyre still though i think pyre's right where it needs to be i feel like i still love that game yeah, I think it's I need a to good play placement. I finally played more of it, and just listening to the soundtrack too separately. Like, Corb also always does awesome soundtracks. But yeah, it's too bad we couldn't get Persona Five on that list. Yeah, so, uh, that's no, oh no shoot, one had finished it at that point. Yeah, I finished that this year, um, and I, I sank 120 hours into that game, which for me is bonkers. But uh, <laughs> I, I still think I like Persona 4 a little bit more, but Persona 5 is a damn good game with a ton of style, a lot of great ideas, and just it's it's just wonderful. Uh, that should have been on our Similar list. Similar to some games on our 2018 list, I think Persona 5 has some great storytelling beats that it just takes too long yeah. to get to and is kind of bogged down by some un- unnecessary filler. It does the bad thing in Persona games where you get the worst characters first, and mm. then like it rolls into good characters later, and... Uh, well, it always has to give you the obnoxious best friend first. Yeah, that's that's the persona trope. Yeah, yeah. Is that you get this guy, and then a hundred hours later, it's like, why couldn't I have murdered you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I like Ryuji better than Yusuke, so at least there's that. But <laughs> that's that's not huh? exactly a Ooh. high bar. <laughs> no, Yusuke. Well, I mean, the worst is Junpei. Oh yeah, Hoop. for three. Um, anyway, so is it worth noting? Because it's in it's in here. I know I was. Uh, Spencer started this discussion of this year pretty emphatically anti-Fortnite, mm-hmm. and I am too. But this 2017 was the year that both PUBG and Fortnite kind of blew up, right? Yeah. 2017. I mean, they were around. They were around, but we have them written here as, I'm assuming these are the release well, candidates. Their official release was 
at that time. And then you and, think about the trajectory again. since 2017, and now it's like always everything, all news is about Fortnite and PUBG and mainstream yeah. media. So 2017 is kind of the inflection point. I think Battle Royale will be we'll be discussing this as terms of like reevaluation of our quote unquote rules for game of the year. But technically last year was when hollow Knight came. Yeah. If not even like late last year, it was like really early. We all missed it. I think if we had played it, uh, based on how I feel about it this year, I think it would have been very high on this list. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. 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 2017 was definitely the year of a hundred streamers jumping out of a plane and then killing each other. (laughs) And whether you think still those, going. I, I yeah, still I think wish they had stayed dead. I remember when Fortnite originally launched, and then they tacked on their battle royale, and people were like, "Wow, we already have a PUBG knockoff. That's amazing!" Mm-hmm. And then it exploded. <laughs> and now it feels like I, I'm just saying this in the abstract, based off of what I catch from again mainstream discussion of the the genre is now nobody talks about PUBG, and it's all Fortnite all the time. Yeah. PUBG still exists. I think even but... PUBG's developers were like, wow, we already have a PUBG clone. Yeah. yeah, PUBG actually have gotten, or I've seen advertisements for both Fortnite and PUBG recently in Japan, and it's partially because PUBG, they're pushing it on mobile, and Fortnite, mm. they're pushing on everything, but especially the Switch version. Mm. Yeah, what I was think... the install base for the Switch version? It was insane, right? Like I mean, 70% it's... of Switch. It's free, it's, of course. It's free. It's the reason yeah. why um, Rocky League did so well in 2015 is because it's free, or it did well Look, with the PSN. I've seen, I'm... I've seen all three of the major consoles here sold as advertised as Fortnite bundles. Yep. It's yeah. Like, it's a free game. There's a Switch bundle <laughs> You don't for need Fortnite. to get that shit bundled in, but... Still, just the branding of Fortnite is enough to, like, we can move shit. Spencer, you're going to say something? Yeah, no, Fortnite, um, like, the one positive thing I'll say about it is that it blew the doors off of cross-compatibility. Like, it made that an issue. It made developers and publishers and uh, platforms listen mm-hmm. and actually address it. And maybe, maybe, maybe well, going also forward, kinda we'll be able to kicked it off when Epic accidentally quote unquote <laughs> uh enabled uh cross platform <laughs> whoops play. yeah yeah i mean clearly clearly when an but, intern uh, hit the bo- hit the wrong button an intern um <laughs> yeah yeah however every other element of that game is so completely detestable both in its mechanics and its impact on society <laughs> I will not stand for it. I will not allow it to be. I, I don't disagree with you because I fucking hate Fortnite culture now. But there is a culture mm-hmm. around Fortnite, so I'm just, My I'm just. That's all I'm going to say. I don't disagree with you. Like, like <laughs> simply put, it's the, it is a throwaway mode that the devs knocked out in a weekend because they liked PUBG, uh, uh, only to have it so drastically alter the metrics by which we rank, like we rate video games in terms of market share that Activision is beginning to like clamp down on Blizzard because they're not making fucking Fortnite money. Maybe we should... nothing makes Fortnite Look, money. Most countries on this planet don't make Fortnite money. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think, Spencer, what we need to do here is not hate the game, hate the player. Oh, There's, yeah, <laughs> no, here, oh here's, I will hate sure. anything associated with it. Here's where I want to have a quick conversation. Is, is your time with PUBG, is it just that PUBG is bad or is it or is there some things that are similar with Fortnite? Like, does the hate for Fortnite cross over to PUBG as well, or just PUBG not so, doing it nearly as well? I hate both my children equally. <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh, Battle Royale sons. as a concept 
is good. Yes. Like yeah. the loops are very good. They're very satisfying. They have motivated me to play hours of games that I otherwise wouldn't consider. Tight loops. Um, PUBG is a bad shooter. Mm. Yep. And I cannot forgive it because it is a bad shooter. It does not feel good to play. Uh, and the more popular version of that, Fortnite, is an even worse shooter somehow. <laughs> I think it's a yeah. It's actually really bad. Yeah, it's but terrible. Fortnite's the only free. good thing yeah. that Fortnite did is now what Epic is currently doing with the Epic Game Store. Like they yeah. wouldn't have had a game store unless they had Fortnite money. No. And then the the no. profit share that they're giving to devs, like that's actually a cool thing. And it well, might take like, a bite out of it. They're hey. running it incidentally. I like, know. They could give them a hundred percent of the profit because they don't need the money. Right, folks, guys. For- for better or for worse, I think the success of this year's uh, Black Ops 4 is going to uh, send PUBG into uh, irrelevance. Yeah. Like it's, at this point, they, you're going to have two uh, popular Battle Royale games. You're going to have the free one, and you're going to have the premium one. And the premium one is going to be the one that plays well and the one that has money. Yep. And that's not PUBG. Yeah, no, they're eating PUBG's launch in terms of quality um, there. Um, um, Epic guys, has been working on a launcher for longer than that because it doesn't come out that quickly. And so, but the nice thing is that it did give Epic fuck you money to just be able to pay their devs so much. Are we? At so time? I'm going to stop conversation here. Yeah, uh, it's pretty damn clear to me that we're not going to put a battle royale game on our 2017, li- 2017 list in hindsight. I will just say that there is a significant risk. I think if I was looking back, I'm realizing that we're all a bunch of old men yelling at a cloud right now. I love uh, it. cloud computing, and uh, honestly, I don't yelling at the cloud. Yeah. Uh, I just want to take a moment and say, like, hey, there's some really good shit on this list, too. Like, we didn't really say anything yeah, about Nier Automata, but this that game's great. This is not a bad list. Yeah. Odyssey, of course. Odyssey is a wonderful Odyssey game. Odyssey is fantastic. I finally got to that Night- this year. Night in the Woods. The fact that yeah. Mario Odyssey is at the midpoint in this list shows how fucking amazing 2017 yeah. was. Yeah. I'm I- looking forward to getting to some of these Switch games. Oh, they're so good. You're going to love them. Yeah, yeah, it's envious to think of being a new Switch owner. With just even the two games on this list, it's only a year and a half old. Embarrassment of riches. Yeah, yeah. People complain that oh, there's nothing new and original on the Switch, and it's like, okay, first of all, everything is a port now, and second of all, have you looked at any of the Nintendo games that came out because they're like some of the best games ever made? Yeah, just just take. And nobody bought a Wii U because it was trash. (laughs) Take six. And that's our time, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, That's gonna wrap it up for part one here. Thanks, guys, for uh, talking through this uh, little ordeal here. I hope it was a good warm-up because we'll be coming back in a few minutes to do the uh, category awards. So um, let's go ahead and uh, take a little break, and we'll be right back.